is sponsored by the Professional Association of Canine Trainers, affectionately known as PACT. On Sunday the 16th of October, PACT are hosting the Connecting Communities Conference. It's at the University of Winchester and there is an amazing lineup of speakers. The conference is in person so you get to meet real people in the world. It's also accessible. The talks are going to be short, snappy and interactive. There'll be lunch and wine, stands to look at and activities throughout the day. It's going to be a great day for all dog enthusiasts and you don't have to be a packed member to come. You can secure your place for just 20 quid. Find out more information on the Facebook page or on the website www.packed-dogs.com. Welcome to the award-winning Canine Hoopers World podcast. Everyone's invited. Hello, everybody, and welcome to season three, episode 18 of Canine Hoopers World, the podcast. Now, this is an advanced warning. This is a passion subject of mine, so this could be a long episode. We don't know, but I am so, so excited to be bring this lady on now we crossed paths at the animal star awards of all places um because the podcast received an award but this lady also received an award for her work with dogs and bringing awareness to society and basically trying to make people understand a bit more about why dogs might need a bit more room and a bit more space so sarah jones welcome to the podcast thank you very much Thank you for asking me. Oh, no, you are very welcome. Thank you for joining me. So for people who don't know who you are and what you do, who are you? What do you do? (laughs) I'm Sarah Jones and I'm from My Anxious Dog. And we raise awareness for our anxious dogs that wear yellow. Mm -hmm. So for people, because the whole yellow dog movement isn't new at all, is it? This has been going on as long as I've had, I would say a good decade maybe 15 years people have been trying to kind of yellow dogs need more space and blah blah but unfortunately well if if people were more aware and were more mindful you kind of wouldn't have a job (laughs) because people would just be doing it it would be fine so what made you set up anxious dog and i love the fact anxious dog there are there are lots of different movements and but the kind of the whole thing is yellow and if you see a dog wearing yellow just give them fucking room okay they yeah. just need space don't go near them don't ask why just back off and leave us alone <laughs> public service announcement <laughs> what made you kind of start my anxious dog what was what was your journey what got you into it well i got bella she's my cocker spaniel Um, from a breeder at eight weeks old Um, I'd never heard at all about reactive anxious dogs personalities or anything like that Um, and we'd done some dog training and she was super good Um, but she would really fixate on me Mm -hmm. completely Um, and then when we started doing advanced classes if I had to walk away and leave her in another room to do a sit and stay 
she would get quite, oh, I don't like this, I don't like this. And then she was about nine, 10 months old. We started learning flyball. And at flyball, she was doing a run and she was coming back. I'd thrown something for her. And this dog just came from nowhere, hit her sideways and basically roughed her up, you know, mm -hmm. handbaggy. But I think the impact as well as, as hitting her on the side really hurt her. So we obviously checked her over for cuts and things like that. She, she hadn't been bitten, but she was traumatised. Mm. The problem I had that I didn't realise was that she was probably bruised. So when people picked her up and touched her, it hurt. So she then got an association with strangers touching her and pain. So then I had this year old dog that was very pretty and cute, reacting to not only dogs, but people's hands too. So I then had a little bit of a problem. So um, the dog trainer that I was doing my classes with, she told me about the yellow, yellow ribbon on a lead. So I then started looking into it. Okay. So, I mean, one thing that, um, well, that, I mean, there's lots to unpack on that journey, but one thing that we kind of forget sometimes with our dogs is it's not just the physical impact of, an event it's it's the mental impact as well and we know now with people you know we have so much a much better understanding of mental health and how things like PTSD and stuff affect people it makes sense that when an event happens that affects the dog physically or mentally or both there's going to be baggage for them to unpack after it they're not I mean, some dogs, I see Bob will do a big shake off and be like, ah, it's cool, whatever, that's fine. Um, it's interesting as well that Bella's Cox Spaniel, because um, just done the episode with Jane Arden, and she was saying how, you know, they're generally kind of, they're pretty stoic as a breed, but also they are designed to kind of work through pain because that's their job. When they are in the brambles and in the thick of it, it does hurt, but you keep going because your adrenaline's up. Mm. So, my my trainer brain in me goes well I wonder if part of it was because she was big adrenaline high because flyball is completely adrenaline dopamine and I'm I'm gonna say it now I'm not a big fan of flyball I think it's way too much for the dogs I'm I understand that people enjoy it some dogs enjoy it it's not the sport I would choose to do but that's my that's my opinion but in that environment, you've got dogs that are at such a high arousal level that when a resource is available, that dog in the park could have just gone, oh, there's a dog over there, have a toy, cool, whatever. But because of the situation where there's so much adrenaline going on, it's gone, I want that treasure. And unfortunately, Bella was going for her treasure as well. And it's ended up with a dog. So that's going to have had an impact on it as well in the fact that it wasn't just like oh you know we were just having a lovely walk along and this dog just accidentally bumped into her it was all the other stuff going on with it as well oh yeah definitely I hasten to say we didn't go back to fly ball after that <laughs> and, and I am gonna say that was probably a good choice <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like that oh um so yeah so that happened so and then there was the usual sort of thing. You'd be out, walk in, and she was off lead. And then she, there was another fracas, and then that just 
that was it then that was, that just she's quite a clever dog and she was like no I'm not having that I don't like other dogs I don't like other people and I couldn't you know no matter what I tried to make it better it has got better with mm-hmm. rewarding and positive things um but it doesn't go away so um no and the thing is we can we can use kind of like reinforcement training and counter conditioning and desensitization to help the learner and notice I say the learner not the dog because this applies to people as well you know if if the learner is having an emotional response we can attempt to change it but if there is trauma linked to that emotional response then it's much harder to change their their kind of perception of it you know if if something horrible has happened to you, like I'm absolutely horrific with the dentist because when I was very young, I think I was probably only about eight or something, um, I had an anaesthetist get me to watch them put the cannula in my hand. And guess what? Now I'm terrified of cannulas in my hand forevermore. Mm. And that's because one time this one thing happened when I was very young, but that trauma has stuck with me forever to the point where you know getting vaccinations all of that stuff is really really traumatic for me because I have that negative association with needles so it would make sense that in a situation where she's been hurt by a dog and also people have kind of added to the pain inadvertently and then a second time a dog has hurt her I don't blame her for not liking the no. dogs or the peoples. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think as well, it's a bit more understanding that dogs are born, with, I said born, you know, with personalities like we have as well. Yeah. You can get bold dogs, you can get anxious dogs now. And, you know, it, it, it's all, all the same. And again, you know, when you have a trauma, as a human being, you go for these therapies, but it doesn't stop it. You just learn how to help it doesn't go away so yeah you can learn how to cope with things and how to recognize triggers but it's very different from just a magic wand and poof it's gone I mean if we had the magic wand it would be amazing and I wish we all could but I've got to um see I call it I don't I don't like the word reactive um because everyone reacts to everything so I'm just like no they're not reactive everyone bloody reacts um, to me, it's um, dogs with big emotions. Yeah. That's why I like saying it. And one of mine is very nervy around dogs she doesn't know, but she will run in to have a pop first because she has decided that the best defense is offense. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Dodge, he was also very spooky, but he would be alert, barking and lunging. When the Chihuahua does it, people laugh. Yeah. When the Shepherd does it, people shit themselves. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, if the Chihuahua, with the way her behaviour is, was the size of Dodge, she would be a danger. Yeah. But because she's only five kilos and I can pick her up and walk away and pretend it never happened. Yeah. It's not that I've let her get away with things, but she has to express things a lot louder and a lot bigger because she is so small and people go, oh, and you're like, it's not cute. Yeah. <laughs> no. And there are behaviors that I think a lot of little dogs portray that people see as funny and cute, and they're not. It's stress and it's anxiety and it's fear and it's anger. 
I don't want to use the word aggression because sometimes I think the dogs are just angry. I don't think they're necessarily aggressive. They're just angry, which is fine because we all get angry. But when it's a large dog doing it, people have an opinion about it. Yeah. And I, seriously, can we not just treat them all as dogs and just give all dogs space? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've seen that in, in classes where you have a, a big dog that's um, reacting to a situation mm -hmm. and it's, it's totally looked different when a little dog does it and is actually biting the trainer's hand. You know, I've done agility and seen it. Um, it, and that's okay and it's like it's not it's it, there's obviously something still going on there but you're just sort of it's you know not doing anything about it and just pretending it's not happening so but I wonder as well with the size thing you know if you get a tough kiss from a terrier they may break the skin it's minimal if you get a tough kiss from a mallee it blooming hurts yeah but I think that's part of it as well also I think little dogs have exactly the same ladder of aggression as the big dogs, but people ignore all the steps for the little dogs. And it ends up the little dogs have no choice but to get to the bite stage because everything else has been ignored. Whereas the big dogs I do feel are listened to more. But do you think society now, and I think especially, I think especially since pandemic with a lot of first time dog owners coming about, they just have no concept that dogs are dogs and they are sentient beings and they're not freaking robots that are there to walk at heel perfectly all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot more obviously anxious dogs and then there's a lot more because they haven't been socialised as well and then there's a lot more people that haven't got a clue because they were confined. There was no dog classes really. You know, it was just... So I do think, do think it is... Um, a bigger problem now definitely for anxiety in dogs but uh and I think also with the breeding as well you know I mean I talk about this extensively on the podcast that dogs that have come from from good breeders that have temperament tested and health tests and all the rest of it I'm not saying they may not be anxious but what it to me if mum is raised in a lovely home environment and puppies are raised in a busy home environment they are going to be a lot more resilient to the world than a puppy that's been raised in a crate in a farm somewhere oh yeah and i think that's the other thing that's added to it is that the socialization isn't just down to the owners it's also down to the bloody breeders and mm -hmm. to the asshole ones that have done a shit job they have put nervous anxious dogs into this world because they don't give a shit because they're getting paid for it and a lot of money now as well yeah so yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no definitely so i mean with my anxious dog like how like do people get information from you like how's it kind of well i got told about the yellow ribbon mm -hmm. um and I put, you know, putting a yellow ribbon on Bella's lead when you've got a pretty cocker spaniel really didn't work. <laughs> In fact, it made it worse. So I did a little bit of research and I found out the history of it. And it came from Australia from a lady called Terry Ryan. And it developed and it's gone international now. And it's been going like 22 years, I think. Um, and um, there were some products out there, but they just weren't what I needed for Bella because 
we do go out in the fields and she is in the brambles and going through ditches and it didn't last. So I decided that I would... What do you uh, mean that little sliver of yellow ribbon didn't withstand the brambles? (laughs) Um, And so I looked into making my own products for her. So that's what I done. And I just got such a good response. But also it just made me feel hell of a lot better. It was like... You know, you, a dog here is the same as every dog. But if I use this yellow, it's a signal to you so that you can understand that my dog needs space. It doesn't want to say hello. It doesn't want to interact with you. Just ignore her. Just mm-hmm. completely, utterly. There's no dog here to see. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think that's one of the things, isn't it? Like, I, I really like, because um, Taz, um, Lewis Nichols, who um, has joined us on the podcast, they um, are based in New Zealand and they run a campaign called Ignore My Dog. Yes. And it's brilliant. I mean, I've got low t-shirts that I've got like the ones like, ignore my dog, we're training. And then I've got one that says, ignore my dog, he's a bit of a twat, because it's the truth. But yeah. it's amazing. Um, now, I don't tend to go into what I call the wild very often, where there are like public and people just because, no. But at shows, it's amazing how many dogs have a little yellow slip on their lead or something that's pretty obvious. And some people are mindful of it. And I'm always very, here's a little tip, guys. If you do have a dog that needs space and someone does give you space, do thank them, even if it's just a smile, because you're reinforcing their good behavior. Then you have the people that are like, oh, well, you know, and I actually, I've had a couple of shows I've been at where I've, people have never said it directly to me, funnily enough, but I have heard people go, well, if he's that bad, why is he here? My answer to that is, fuck you. My dog has got just as much right to be at this competition. He is trained to a level to compete competently and actually very successfully, I just need a bit of room when I'm moving him from the van to the show ring. Yeah. That's all I ask. And it shocks me how many people have an opinion about this. These so-called dog lovers. Right, and you have just hit the nail, bang on the head with that, dog lovers. So they are meant to love dogs and appreciate dogs and adore dogs and then they make the most dick move possible and make that dog feel really uncomfortable and you're like why yeah and it's really frustrating because you're do you're doing your best to give your dog a great time wherever you are whether it's a competition you're doing so much for your dog mm-hmm. so not only the people next to you meant to be dog lovers but they give you no respect for doing that for your dog for going through all that not hardship but it is, it hard. is. yeah it's so it hard is. yeah and people make you feel shit as well so you shouldn't be out I, you know many a time I've come back teary you know mm-hmm. because of the way people talk to you or look to you and that's why I wanted to do this was as well. A lot of people I found when I do the dog shows, when I sell my products, are a little bit embarrassed to use the yellow. Mm. So we created, I wanted to create the yellow army. So we were a little bit of, 
so we could be united for this yeah. campaign through the love of our dogs you know it's yeah, okay yeah, yeah. to use the yellow and wear the yellow and however much yellow you want to do but well exactly and I think so I actually had a lady come up to me so I was I was working on the ring weekend just gone and lady was like oh I'm coming back next weekend um do you have a yellow queue because some of the hoops organizations we have a specific queue for the yellow dogs where we ask everyone else to piss off and put their dogs away while the yellow dogs are running or queuing or whatever is needed and then the rest of the dogs come out and I don't want to say the normal dogs because that's not yeah 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 but she said oh is there a yellow queue and I said there isn't but I'm judging that day just let me know and if you want to run your dog last in the class and you need me to just wait a couple of minutes while the other dogs have gone away that is not a problem she was like oh thank you so much and I was like look I'm 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 part of your team I know what it's like I'm attached to one in fact two quite a lot of the time but it is there is this stigma about your dog about you advocating for your dog because that's what you're doing you are just saying to the world my my dog's not comfortable in this situation I just need you to give it a bit of room I think that I would love it that everyone just naturally gives all dogs a little bit of space and just checks that their dogs are called to play with each other before they play because you know I'm very mindful. Do I let Dodge play with every single bloody dog he meets? No, not at all. But his select friends, he plays beautifully with. And his body language is wonderful. My chihuahua, on the other hand, has like six breeds that are on the approved list. And if you're not one of those six breeds, then piss off. Um, but for me to, you know, I've had to say to people, before, oh, could you just put your dog on leave, please? Oh, she's scared. And they're like, Oh, well, and you'll appreciate this one. If I pick her up, all the opinions. Yeah. I'm like, she weighs five kilos. And my general response is, I'm like, oh, why are you picking her up? How much does your dog weigh? Yeah, exactly. Also, I don't want her biting your dog. So actually, you'd much prefer me to pick her up and move her out of this situation (laughs) than let Fluffy get bitten because he's a rude asshole. Yeah, or tread on her and hurt her again. Exactly that, exactly that. I just, I wish society, you know, could just be a bit more kind when it comes to other dog people. Yeah, especially with, um, you know, some of these rescue dogs. I found as well that people judge, I mean, Bella doesn't have one of these horrific stories, but. Obviously, I run my group, Anxious Dogs, and I and I meet a lot of people that want yellow. And some of the stories I hear break my heart about mm. what some of these dogs have gone through. And people just don't realise, you know, people with the normally friendly, friendly dogs that don't think you should be out, just don't realise what that dog has been through. You know, it, it's absolutely horrendous the abuse some of these dogs have had. Mm. And you're just trying to give them... Just a little bit of fun out walking or trying doing something. But no, that person over there just wants to spoil it for you because they want all the park or all the field or all the path. It just can't give that poor little dog two metres square space around it. And that's, do you know what I'm thinking? Next time I have someone do that, I'm going to say some, are you a dog lover? Because you're really not acting like one now because... This is the thing, isn't it? Like, 
I, I remember there was one day I was at the park and thank God I had the husband with me. But another, um, another shepherd appeared at the park and we just went round the perimeter the other way. They started bull chucking towards us. Yeah. Like, so first of all, you are adding, like what happened to Bella at training, you are adding a resource in between two dogs that do not know each other yeah. And you think that's okay. First of all, I hate bull chuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them. Stupid thing. But there was the whole park. Mm. You did not have to throw the ball towards my dog and cause me to put my dog back on lead to keep my dog under close control because you're a fucking asshole. And what, the whole park? <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. I, I really like, there is almost... This might be a really controversial thing to say, but fuck it, it's my podcast. Um, <laughs> I do feel that some of the, and it's not a, this is not a blank statement to all new dog owners, but I do feel that dog owners, especially in the last five years, have become so fucking self-entitled. There is no understanding and no respect for other people using that space or other dogs using that space, you know. You wouldn't have kids running up to old people and fucking pushing them or kicking a ball at them. Mm. So why is it appropriate for your fucking out of control puppy to go bounding up to an older dog? Mm. Like, it's just not okay. And I don't understand why people feel like it is. Yeah. Until their dog gets nailed and then all of a sudden their dog becomes a yellow dog and then they're like, oh, I don't know why that happened. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you must have that in the group as well, people that have kind of been on one side of it and then have ended up on, I am going to say our side of it. I know it's probably yeah. not the best way it's made, but I do kind of, I don't want it to be a them and us, but sometimes it really does feel like yeah. them and us. Yeah, yeah, we try and find, I'm trying to find a bit of a middle. There is the friendly brigade. There is the anxious react, sorry, use of the reactive word. No, 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 you can, yeah. you can say it. It's just my personal choice. Everyone yeah. knows what it means. It's a common term used. It's cool. But I just think if we used, if we used the yellow more, because there's a lot of anxious dogs, it would be more recognised. So there's lots of things I do now to get it recognised. Life can be a, a lot easier and we can sort of meet in the middle. Mm. You know, so if everybody with an anxious dog used a little piece of yellow, doesn't have to be, you know, some people were fully covered head to toe. Oh, one of one of my owners is full on. She has to wear a tabard, a leaf of everything. She's got, a, she's a big girl. She's a rotty shepherd mix. She's large. And the owner is older. Sorry, yeah. Tina, if you're listening. Um, but she still has people wandering towards her with this huge dog attached to this little lady with a bright yellow tabard saying give us space and people still walk towards her some people don't quite get it so i have some of my stuff is keep away it's simple keep dogs i'm about yeah. not yeah, keep dogs, keep dogs away. away yeah i've got leads keep dogs away um so it's easily understood i do do not touch leads as well and leads mm -hmm. Um, just so that it makes it a little bit easier. Um, clothes, I tend to, I've got a yellow hoodie, although I've got pink on today. <laughs> um, I, um, but I tend to wear my yellow hoodie if I'm going shopping. 
it's that I find, or oh, if I'm doing my dog shows, to raise awareness. So if I'm going to the post office, I've got my yellow hoodie with my anxious dog needs space and hashtag yeah. in yellow. People look, I do badges. So if I'm like today, going to the pub, going to shopping, just yeah, you've got your badges on. Yeah. People ask, people look. Um, I do, we've just launched a big nice because we don't have car tax discs in our car anymore. I've got a nice big yellow car sticker. Ah. Hello. And yeah, so that's a little club we're going to be doing. You know, how many, how many of those you've seen? Right, you need, to, you need to make sure that is in the show notes and you need to hook me up with one of them and we will see how many Hoops World podcast listeners can fly the yellow flag. Because even if your dog doesn't need to wear yellow raising awareness about dogs that do helps the situation doesn't it it does make people yeah. more aware of it yeah and I've got people locally that do that you know around here dog trainers and behaviorists always mention about the yellow yeah I remember I mean back when I used to do puppy class and stuff like that it would be like right week one guys when you're out of your puppies if you see a dog wearing yellow do not allow your puppy to interact with that dog because chances are, first of all, the dog doesn't need your puppy near it, but also you're potentially setting your puppy up to fail by having an interaction with a dog that doesn't want to be near your dog. And one of the things that I'd kind of like to unpack a little bit is the different reasons why dogs might need to wear yellow because straight away, a lot of people go, oh, are they aggressive? No, they're communicating. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just communication. But so from a training point of view, you know, I I trained lots of dogs through the years. Um, excuse me one second. Dodge, can you move away from her, please? Now. Sorry, he was just being a bit rude to his sister. So I'm just <laughs> going to... Oh, he's just got laid on another bed and he's sulking her. She's got a toy that I think he wanted, and I'm just stopping that before it happens. Yeah. So, <laughs> choice of live podcasting with creatures. <laughs> but for me, I've lost my bloody train of thought now. Fuck's sake. <laughs> you are messing up this podcast. You're not helpful, are you? He's participating. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah, he is. He's like, I wear yellow, mummy. Yes, that's because you're a twat, darling. That's why you wear yellow, because you have all the big emotions. Um, but for me, it's aggression that's what we were talking about yeah. my chihuahua shows some aggression because she would fall into that category of fear reactive in my whole time of working with dogs I would say genuinely I've probably met two dogs that I would say fall into that actual aggression category where they find nailing things fun yeah all of the other cases I've dealt with, it's come from fear and stress and nervousness and all of that sort of things. It's very rare for a dog to actually be aggressive. aggressive yeah. That doesn't mean they can't show aggression and be angry, but I think dogs being angry and dogs being aggressive are two very different things. Like people can be angry all the time. That doesn't make you aggressive. Yeah. I get angry, but I don't go punching people. I mean, it's tempting. <laughs> very <laughs> you know the, the other day when I was being questioned about how close to dodge someone could be when I'd already asked them to move away three times I was like 
one of us is going to get angry in a minute and it's even going to be me or my dog so please just go away be gone <laughs> you know, I always get oh she looks so sweet really are you sure and I'm like what <laughs> why oh, I'm good with dogs oh I'm good that's what why I do people get. question us when we are advocating for our own animals like we're fucking mental and we know nothing about them it's not like we've lived with them for years and know everything about them to the person that met them exactly two seconds ago yeah so when someone says to me oh but i'm good with dogs i'm like dogs mm. me. i always say to them well if you're good with dogs you wouldn't want to actually put yourself in a situation where you're going to make my dog scared of you good. why would you do that and then they normally go oh Strut off, <laughs> and, I, and then they get shitty with you, and you're like, "Huh?" Yeah. So, all this thing isn't there. Where, and hopefully, with changes in the law and all the rest of it, it will happen. But there is still this thing that dogs are kind of seen a little bit as property, and therefore, people have a right to touch them. But like, if I'm walking down the road with a brand new handbag, and someone goes near my new handbag, I'm going to tell them to back off. If I'm in a restaurant eating my dinner and someone went to take my dinner or touch my food, I'd be like, God, what are you doing? Why do you think it, people think it's normal to just randomly touch random dogs? I know, I know. Uh, it's, it's just, it's like, if you want to touch a dog, go and get your own dog. And if you can't have your own dog, go and volunteer at a shelter. You know, yeah. there are hundreds of rescues that love to have people that can volunteer just to come and sit with the dogs and be with the dogs and walk the dogs and hang out with the dogs. You know, yeah. you don't have to touch every random dog in the park, you freaking weirdo. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I know, you, you get all sorts, you really do. It's, it's... Um, baffling. Baffling sometimes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like no baffling is a really good word actually yeah the thing is there are dogs that genuinely are super friendly they are they are social butterflies it does tend to be younger dogs and a lot of people find as their dogs start getting older they are less social butterfly I think like people you know I used to love going clubbing going out in busy areas now I can't think of anything worse yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. the older, and don't get me wrong you know I still like to have a dance and a boogie but I would not be in the middle of a dance for a disco like that is not happening showing me age now disco can not happen <laughs> yeah. but it's I think when dogs are young especially when they're at that adolescent phase they're horrible hormonal monsters but the other thing people forget is that to a lot of other dogs they smell either very intimidating or they smell different especially if they're still entire especially entire males you know an 18 month old entire male has got so much testosterone oozing out of them that a lot of the other dogs are going to go you young and back off mm. because they're just not going to want to associate with that dog i know some dogs that amazing body language really well behaved just getting nailed all the time by dogs and we're like why why are the other dogs picking and it is like the other dogs are picking on them is it pheromones we can't tell but people seem to think that every dog should be a social butterfly 
which again is mental because that's like saying all people should be social butterflies mm. like why diversity is why is what makes yeah. the world go round and it's why we love our dogs because there's so many different types to this one kind of species it makes sense that there's going to be some that are bold some that are shy some that are friendly some that are nervous some that are happy like there's going to be those different personality traits aren't there yeah oh yeah definitely what's really weird with bella is because she's fearful of people it's the hand the touching mm. so she can be around people yep. and not be scared and fearful she'll act you know mm-hmm. she sniff them and and i just say to people just ignore her you know just don't touch her you'll be fine she just yep. wants to be yes how hard is that people find that so hard <laughs> If I say don't talk to her, because with Bella, she associates if she meets someone, they talk to her, they look at her, and then they want to touch her. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon soon as someone then starts going, oh, hello, Bella, you okay? She's like, hold on a minute. It's coming. The hand is coming. But, yeah, so she's obviously muzzle trained because of her issues with people as well. So if we go away on holiday, she's got a nice bright yellow muzzle yeah we, we love a muzzle um i'm i'm all for muzzle training i all dogs should be muzzle trained in my opinion but it does help them wearing a muzzle doesn't it because people oh, yeah. do kind of it's almost like if you just have the yellow slip on the lead that says i need space people go ah put a face i call them face fences put a face fence on them and all of a sudden people go oh oh they actually do need space nothing's changed apart from i've put something on that you perceive as that dog is dangerous then i get oh they're aggressive because they're wearing a muzzle no i'm just trying to protect my dog and protect the people around them yeah yeah so bella gets walked if i walk bella um depending on where she Mm -hmm. doesn't have a muzzle on unless we're away and we're going to public but my husband's um had a bike accident three years ago and um, quite serious one. So he's only got one arm now. Okay. So it's really important for him um, with Bella. So every day she goes for a walk with him because that's his job. Mm-hmm. But, um, so she, you so can't she, keep these husbands busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a good. It was good to put it out there for. It, it was something to him to achieve because he was badly smashed up. So it was. But it, it gave him home. something to do each day and helped yeah. him be mindful yeah. and recuperating on. And sorry, yeah. you had a motorbike yeah. accident. A push bike. So we oh, were the okay. bike gang. <laughs> oh, okay. See, cycling dangerous. People tell you it's good for your health. No. Um. <laughs> so she wears a muzzle every day. So yeah, she's perfectly used to it, and it just brings that your anxiety out there you know it just makes Matt he can stop and talk and chat yes. to people yes. and not have to and people can see that she oh, he's Bella's covered in yellow obviously but you know it's just a little I don't have to worry because she's got someone mind. does go oh it'll be all right dogs love me yeah yeah one of them <laughs> and why is it with shoving the back of their hands what right I know Oh, this is another one that I get as well. I say, don't touch her. So I've had people stand stand next to her and lean their face towards her. I'm like, what's she doing? Why are you putting your face near a dog that reacts to people? Really? (laughs) 
Right, do you know what? That would be hilarious if it wasn't true. Because it's happened. Or the other one is the kissy noise. Stare at them and make the kissy noise. No! Oh, no. oh my god, it's so refreshing. For me, and anyone listening that has a dog with the big emotions, it's just refreshing to know you're not the only one. <laughs> and let's just go back to the kind of the human end of it, because we then start becoming anxious and we start becoming nervous. And it's I've termed it the meerkat walk because you can't walk like a normal fucking person. You are scanning the horizon for imminent mortal peril at every possible moment. And you're just, oh my God. The only time I truly, truly relax with Dodge is when we go to a private field that is fully locked and secured. And when we go there, do you know, and people might be like, oh really? I barely interact with him. Because that is his time to just be a dog because he doesn't get that all the time, unfortunately, because there is so much control and management put into the issue. Yeah. So weekend just gone at the show. A um, couple of friends were there and um, he met my friend's puppy um, a couple of months ago. He wasn't the most polite. He didn't do anything. He just roared at her and she went, yeah. all right, drama queen, you're fine. So we tried again, and as we're walking, I could feel my my nervousness getting up. So I said to our other friend that was with us, I was like, can you take Dodge and I'll take your dog? (laughs) Ha, wouldn't be a podcast about the postman interrupting. So anyway, (laughs) back to the story. So I said to my friend, look, can you take Dodge? I'll take your dog. My friend had her puppy, and we're walking along. And straight away, I saw him kind of relapse a little bit more because he didn't have my tension on the end of the lead as well. Mm. And within five minutes, he was actually off lead, playing with this puppy, most beautiful, polite play. They were running next to each other. They were doing all the herdy games that herdy dogs do. And it was and it was such a boost to my confidence. Yeah, lovely. But it helped having that extra person there that could just take his lead at the start because I trust her implicitly with him and I know that she's going to be calm. Whereas I have, I have a learning history that there are things that Dodge reacts to. Mm. And that's where I think the dogs and their handlers, and I'm going to, I'm going to use the term handler for this because it is the dog and the handler are a team and Dodge is a lot less emotional when my husband walks him. He doesn't need to protect daddy. (laughs) Daddy can look after himself. Daddy's fine. (laughs) Mummy needs protecting. And it's like, dude, I've got this. You don't have to get involved. But there are times, like, I don't go into public with Dodge. Minx, I'll walk on my own, no problem, because she's tiny. But Dodge, I don't go into public on my own without my husband, because I just don't feel confident doing it. And that's really shit. Mm. You know, I should be able to walk my dog wherever I want within reason and yeah. be able to, you know, go to a park or walk here or walk there or whatever and not spend the whole time panicking that an awfully dog is going to run over. And for me, I'm genuinely, 
Dodge might be fine. But what happens if he flattens the dog? Then whose fault is that? I know legally... Awfully dog. <laughs> it's the awfully dog's fault. But being a dog trainer and knowing what I know is almost a curse in this situation because I can, like, see situations unfolding in front of me that everyone else is oblivious to. Yeah, we catastrophize a little bit, don't we? That's the word. We do. We catastrophize. And we're like, oh, no. And everything goes in slow motion. Everyone else is just walking along, having a lovely walk with their dog. And you're like, oh, fuck, seriously? <laughs> Do you, is Bella better? With, I mean, with her, I guess it's a little bit different because she did have a trigger and obviously people coming towards her. She's learned that people talking, people looking, people approaching, people touching. It's, that's the sequence. Is she better with one of you than the other? Or is it just a blanket? People need to fuck off. Um, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, and generally, Bella, the complication as well with Bella is she just goes sometimes into full on, full on fuck off mode. She doesn't sometimes do a little growl. She just snaps. So when people say to me, oh, you know, can I speak to your dog? Can I do that? I just say, no, she bites. And then they walk on. I just, I don't try and be polite anymore. I don't play, try and make excuses. I want to look after my dog. I don't care what you think. A lot of people, you know, with my yellow stuff, some people want an essay on it, you know, on a little collar. Yes. It's like, no, don't worry about it. You are looking after, your dog is saying, keep away, go away, or whatever they want, you want to say. So yeah. just keep your wording on your products short and sweet because just worry about your your dog don't give a shit about everybody else it, it they they don't matter you, you might not ever see them again so I shared a post yesterday actually that said don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from and that is actually a really good way of thinking about it because um opinions are like assholes everybody has one yeah especially the people at the park that have had dogs their whole life. Yeah. I met one lady, I was, generally my response, well, I've had dogs my whole life. Okay, well, do you know how to use a toilet? Yes, well, are you a plumber? My less polite one is, especially if it's a female that's come out with a load of, then no, I've had dogs all my life. I'm like, oh, so you're a gynecologist as well then. <laughs> because just because you have owned three dogs in your whole lifetime doesn't make you a fucking expert no. why is it that people think it does and that their opinion and the way the other thing people forget is that when they had their first dog back in 1960 and they were watching fucking barbara woodhouse on the telly box things have progressed since then yeah. we have a thing called science we're not putting, well, we shouldn't be, let me rephrase that, we should not be putting choke chains on dogs. We don't need to do that shit. So putting dogs in situations where we're setting them up to fail in the name of training, and I'm going to specifically guide it from this angle, there are TV programs where TV personalities that claim to be trainers, they're not, they're fucking TV people, 
are deliberately putting dogs in situations to set them up to fail because it makes really good telly. And then they come out with a load of shit about why the dog's being dominant. It's not a thing. Or the dog is being aggressive. It's less likely to be a thing. At no point are they going, oh, well, this dog could be sore. This dog could be scared. This dog... They're just spouting nonsense and people are watching the telly going, oh, he's very good, that person, isn't he, isn't he? Oh, well, he saw him, did that thing with that dog that time. Fuck off. It's not a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I'll step off my soapbox and let you... (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's so... In all, all the scopes with the dog world, it's just so difficult as well, isn't it? Everything, but... You know, I've Bella's my third dog. Mm-hmm. So I'd had dogs for quite a long time. Never in a million years until I got Bella have I'd heard of a dog with an anxious personality that will react the way she does. I was one of those people that I had a rescue dog first, and then I had a, a Springer Spaniel that was my nightmare dog. You know, he wouldn't listen. He'd be across the park. He'd be all over everybody because... Oh no, you were one of those people. Yeah, I was one of those. I was young, carefree, (laughs) going to the discos. (laughs) (laughs) Now I go out to a restaurant and I know all about the different personalities of our dogs. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) But that's, I think as well, for me, like where I grew up, we were kind of in it wasn't a rural area by any means, but we had quite big green spaces near us that I could walk and you might bump into one or two dogs while you were out. And the dogs would just be doing dog stuff. And that was cool. Now I think dogs just, whether it's that they're not getting the enrichment, whether it's that they're not getting the correct training to help them whether it's the socializing whether it's the breeding whether it's the whole fucking cooking pot that's a big old mess at the moment but the Mm. parks just seem to be full of off-lead feral dogs just doing whatever they want but being really rude about it yeah like dog bod like i see so many dogs that are approaching other dogs and the owner's going they're friendly and i'm like they're fucking not they're rude I don't often walk through the park. Used to, but oh, it's a stupid place to go. <laughs> yeah. We go, go around the roads and the fields, but yeah, it is. You do hear a lot of a lot. But then in the parks is a good place for my poo bin stickers. Ah. So all the parks around here. Um, I've got my poo bin stickers on because they're just the best places to go to so that people can learn you can you see need to, you need to hook me up with some of them as well because me and dodge can do one of our road patrols and put some stickers around while we're doing our road patrol i mean there's the other thing that i don't get is that you know dodge can be around other dogs as long as they're not coming up in his face so if i see a dog and i just move away and we're playing and the other dog's playing over there that's cool it's when I can see the person has literally got no recall training, mm-hmm. has no connection with their dog, and their dog's just running around, and you're like, "They're on the phone, are they?" Oh I just thought, "How did you? How did you?" Yes. So, um, 
Shout out to Miss Lana Banana, um, who is avid listener, and I miss her dearly. We used to go for our little Friday morning walks, and then she abandoned me and moved, which is just rude. But we were out one morning, and there was a guy training a shepherd. It was on a long line. The guy was clearly training. And we just watched this oodly thing run over to this dog while it was training. And then it sort of, the, the woman's just walking towards us. And I went, oh, you're brave. She went, what? I went, are you trying to get your dog bitten? Oh, oh, well, it's fine. Carried on walking. As we're doing the next bit of the lap, she's got the dog back in there. And it's come running up to us and it's jumping up at us. Oh, I knew she was going to do that. Did you want to call her and stop her doing it then? Like, and it was like, it was absolutely fine, absolutely acceptable for her dog to just be being a complete wanker in the park to every other dog mm. because, oh, well, it was fluffy and it's cute. That's what dogs do. But they don't. I know. <laughs> this, this is the other thing, you know, like talking to loads of the guests we've spoken about this, like when you look at village dogs, street dogs that live in little communities and they're just doing dog stuff. They're not running around being assholes to each other because it's a waste of time, effort and energy. And it's fucking rude. And if you are rude, you will not survive in that community because guess what? The other dogs don't want you near them because you're a rude asshole. But in the UK, is it because the dogs, the dogs aren't being taught about being polite? Is it that people just don't give a shit? <laughs> well, I think it's all this socialisation classes and puppy, you know, it's all very like a little twee thing, isn't it? It's all very... But the thing is, socialisation is about your dog learning about the world, being confident and comfortable in the world. If you've got a dog that has an anxious personality, teaching them that it's okay. And if you're feeling a bit worried, just come to me. I've got you. We're okay. It's not a fucking free-for-all bundle of let's say hi to every single bloody dog. Mm. That is not socialization. No. And I wish now I knew, because looking back when I first got Bella, we had to go to a little socialization class at the vet. We had there was only like four or five puppies, but Bella was under my chair. And nobody in that environment of experienced people would say to me I think you know maybe she's got an anxious personality yeah, or she's, she's not very confident you know I know. call a shy puppy a watcher yeah. she just needs to sit back and, and that's the sort of dog that would actually have better interactions with a slightly older karma dog that's going to go we're cool we're just going to go and sniff over here and do dog stuff and that's cool yeah. rather than a puppy that's going play with me love me oh my god do the stuff ah like yeah. for her she was like yeah she'd be like the kid that was quite happy sitting in the corner with a book yeah rather than in the middle of the football pitch running around getting sweaty and dirty yeah so if we went to the park when she was younger and we used to do that we used to sometimes see people and stop and chat and the dogs would be around us Bella would be 20 meters sat down with her ball waiting oh, nothing okay. to see here there's no dogs when we do agility she would just look at stare at me Unless there was food, obviously. Yeah. Food, she, she'll get a whiff of that and look. But otherwise, she just sits and looks at me. I'm not looking. There's nothing here to see. <laughs> but it's like she's... That to her, though, is her body language. Her communication to other dogs is, I'm, I don't want to be a part of what you're doing. I'm over here doing my thing. 
yeah. mind your business basically yeah. if you haven't taught your dog that running up to dogs that are minding their business is okay again same park same friend on a walk one morning couple were training their dog it's in a sit state they've put it in a sit state the dog's focused it's clearly doing eye contact it's doing lovely the dog just runs over and sticks its nose up its asshole and I just went wow your dog's rude and the bloke looked at me and then the couple that were training I went keep up the good work and just carried on walking but I was seething I was like that's not okay because why why do people feel like their dog has the right to do whatever the fuck it wants when it's in a public space when everyone else is trying to just do their own thing you know it's it's not stopping you from going to the park you can still go to the park but you need to be able to call your dog back you need to have your dog under control because it means that people like us that have dogs that don't need other dogs near them can't use the park or we have to go at stupid o'clock in the morning. Or we have to go in one of my favorite times to walk. And Minx hates this, and I very rarely get her to do it. But with Dodd, is when it's fucking pouring with rain. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. no That's... other fucker is in. And the ones that are, their dogs are either super chill or their dogs also need a bit of space. And you just give each other a bit of room, and that's cool. And the amount of times I've thanked people. For spotting us and just moving away and i'm like thank you reinforcing oh, your behavior yeah oh, i always always thank people always because it makes them feel look what we've done for that lady but the thing is for us and this is a public service announcement if you have been mindful of a dog that needs space you could literally have made our day oh absolutely yeah that's the difference between us coming home and going that was a nice walk or coming home and just bursting into tears because we feel like complete fucking failures mm, yeah but also the thing with the recall dogs in the park is there's so many dog thefts so if you've got no recall with your dog so not not just about a dog that could have a fight with each other if your dog runs off and it wants to go and say hello to everyone and there's a couple of dodgy geezers over there and you see that and you call call your dog back and it's not listening you could have lost your dog. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just don't, I just, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. And we know that dog theft, especially over the pandemic, increased massively. In fact, all crime decreased except for dog theft, yeah. which like quadrupled or something. We just did a whole episode with um, Debbie Matthews of Pets Get Scanning, of Vets Get Scanning. And, you know, some of the stats she was giving me, I was just, I was I was shook because I was like, wow, I didn't realise the problem was actually that bad, but it really is. And I think going back to kind of us as, as, the, as the owners, the caregivers, the handlers of these dogs that are anxious, it's so easy as it's beat yourself up about it and feel oh, yeah. like it's your fault and you broke your dog. Yeah. Well, I wish I'd done that and I wish I'd. But it is what it is, isn't it? We just have to, we know we're doing the best for our dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and from having Bella, I mean, at one point before I got into the yellow, I w- was doing classes and stuff. I just stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, there was nothing at all. So I, she would just go out for a walk. 
and that was it. You know, I wouldn't go to a public place. Not that I go to massive, but if I go away um, in the camper van, we go camping. Now I don't, it, it's fine, you know. Yeah. But before I wouldn't do any of that, take her anywhere. But, you know, it's just, we do so much. And, it, and I know, and they're lovely dogs. They're not bad dogs. And the whole point of the yellow and the yellow army is to, to be proud of what we're doing for our dogs mm. as well and it's okay it's not embarrassing to wear the yellow we wear, you know wear the yellow with with pride like you you know you're, you're you're the voice for the dog um but I wanted to do something that people wanted to wear as well because I I know some of the products out there you know I wanted a night I've got t-shirts and hoodies and mm -hmm. You know things that are a little bit not not quite so oh I really don't want to wear that I know it's got the message on but I don't yeah know. yeah but that goes back to that kind of stigma is it and raising awareness and making people understand that it's okay for your dog not to be okay yeah that, that's sometimes they're not, okay. they're not robots <laughs> some of the owners are not okay sometimes exactly that and I think as well it's really hard sometimes when um like I know with Dodge you know if we'd had a really bad walk I wouldn't walk him the next day and in my brain I was always like oh you know well he had a stressful day yesterday so we need all of his like cortisol levels and stuff to come down blah blah, blah. do you know what I needed it as well mm -hmm. being really honest because it's the shittest feeling when your dog has been put in a situation where they have had to react they have had to get to the point where they are at the top of that ladder of aggression and they are snapping or growling or you know even biting and it's shit and it's horrible and it is the worst thing and then the next time even road walking it got to the point where I would only go like for walks locally if my husband came with me or if someone came with me like and that's really rubbish I shouldn't be made to feel like no. I can't leave my house with my dog because some fucking asshole didn't mm. have control of theirs yeah, yeah and I just I just wish people would be a bit be a bit more kind absolutely a bit more sympathy yeah you know, and understand it. And one of the points you touched on earlier, you know, you had Bella from a puppy. I bred minks. They are both dogs with very big emotions about the world. You know, minx is, is very people-friendly. She's cool with people. Dogs, she just doesn't need dogs in her world. She doesn't want new dogs in her world. So I'm very mindful of where I'm taking her and what I'm doing with her and all the rest of it. You know, I tried competing with her and... It wasn't really her thing. There's a couple of little shows that once I've been and I've assessed it, she'll go to and she'll have a really good time because we're set up to succeed. Would I take her to a show I've never been to before? Hell no. Because that's not good mm. for her. That's not setting her up for success. That's my ego going, well, I want my dog to run. Not going, well, actually, is that the right thing for my dog? Mm. And I think it was a really good point you made that, you know, we're meant to be dog lovers, but I would argue that the yellow dog people are more aware of their dog's needs than the average dog owner. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I always say that I love dogs. Well, if you love dogs, leave my dog alone. She doesn't love you. Yeah. And the thing is, this comes down to breed as well, because like some breeds is in the breed standard for them to be aloof or suspicious. Dogs are meant to be aloof and suspicious and not going to jump in your lap and start snogging you in the face because they're bred to not do that. Mm. So why then do you want to go against what they're bred for? Mm. It just seems absolutely balmy. I know. I know. Well, one of the things, obviously, social media is one of the big voices at the moment, you know. So um, we've done the, the hashtag dogs in yellow day to try and get to the younger people that are all on Instagram. And well, Instagram was the biggest People that understand how to use a hashtag, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I thought of this, I was like, right, okay, this is a little bit of a well that I'm not quite sure of. But, yeah, so the dogs in yellow is is primarily to make it more, more okay, more cool as well. well I will okay. try and start using that on because both my guys have got Instagram, so I will try and use that on their Insta. So when we've got a wicked video of Dodger competition – Hashtag dogs in yellow. Perfect. Because again, there is a real stigma, isn't there, that dogs that wear yellow can't do stuff that other dogs can do. Mm. They're, they're almost put into this kind of special needs category that they can't act or perform like normal dogs. And it's like, that's not true. You know, I know so many amazing sport dogs in various different, you know, sports, obedience, agility, Flyball, working trials, hoopers that just need space and yeah. don't need other dogs up in their face all the time. Bella loves man training because obviously the dogs are kept in the cars for man training. We've tried that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love, loves it. And it's really good for me to do with her because I've got to go and find a person. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So how does it, because one of my very good friends of mine, um, Tash, shout out, we are just starting to look at some sort of tracking-y, man-trailing type thing with Dodge to do. Um, and that is the one thing that's put me off, is that we've got to go and find a person. And I'm like, oh, really? We have to go and find a random? I don't know how I feel about this situation. How's Bella finding it? Loves it. Absolutely loves it. I was surprised. Like she loves, she's Cocker Spaniel, so she's working. So she loves, we've done scent work, we've mm -hmm. done agility, we do man training, you know, canny cross. But man training, she really, because really, she finds a person with a pot of food. <laughs> ah, so person with treasure. Yeah, so when they find the person... That person has got special, special little treats in a pot. That's but also, them. I'm assuming that that person is also prepped not to go. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. and try and stroke her, which yeah. also helps. So potentially that could work towards her feeling less anxious around people. As you said, if people just fucking ignore her, a little bit like with Dodge, if people just ignore her, him, yeah, he's cool. Yeah, if dogs ignore him, he's cool. It's when. Yeah. He's being stared at by dogs or people. Yeah. That's when he'll be like, oh, wait, I'm not happy about that. Go away. Yeah, exactly. Which 
but also that's what he's been bred to do. Mm. Suspicion, unfortunately, suspicion was put into the German Shepherd um, breed standard. And like many other things in breed standards, it has been exaggerated to a point where it's probably not particularly healthy. Um, I think it's also, it's good that you've tapped into Bella's kind of olfactory system because she is a spangle. Spangles are meant to sniff things. That's what we have bred them to do, to sniff things and follow things and find things. So it makes sense that especially man trailing, and I think that tracking and trailing for those dogs is maybe even a better outlet than just scent work because scent work is obviously finding stuff and they get the reinforcement, it's cool. But when you look at what a gun dog does, they need to track the fallen bird and they need to find the fallen bird and they need to bring the fallen bird back. Mm. Or they need to find where the birds are and flush them out so that we can decease them. Not me personally, but people that do yeah. the shit. Yeah. so to do trailing that's gonna kick into her kind of nature side which is the stuff that genetically is in her system that she wants to do and loves to do but you've taken the elements that would stress her out other other people other dogs and it's just you and her as a team doing this really cool thing well you're kind of a passenger on the back really aren't you you're yeah. just there holding the long line <laughs> yeah you're just holding the line like out, in, out. <laughs> so well, I, think it's, I think it's really good for her mental health though sort yes. of yes absolutely. It, it's really really good the bond but yeah definitely try it it's amazing she absolutely loves it because the group that when you go there you obviously talk to the trainer about mm -hmm. issues and and I've got a brilliant trainer down here um Nikki Irvine who has who really encouraged me when I explained about Bella to come and join any of her classes mm -hmm. you meet someone like that and it, it makes you feel that you want to join in and do things so we've done agility we've done um scent work um and we've done man trailing with mm -hmm. them and Bella loves the man trailing really really good it's interesting, isn't it? It's like you found her little niche and you found what she wants to do and what she's good at. And she's like, yeah, let's do this. This is cool. Because I think the other thing with it as well, like going back to that kind of nature side of it and what you were saying about her, her mental health, giving her the outlet that she needs, of course, is going to help her. Because we can start kind of building up that trust again. Um, the other thing um, I will recommend, and if guys, if you haven't listened to episode one of the of the series yet, go back, listen to episode one that I did with Holly Barker, because we did a bit of a deep dive into the herbal horse blend placid. And Holly was explaining why it is so useful for dogs that have big emotions. One of the herbs in it, and I can't remember which Holly tells me in the podcast, but one of the herbs in it actually helps the brain to rewire new pathways of learning so if the dog has kind of got stuck in see people shout at people one of the herbs in the placid blend can actually help your dog through counter conditioning desensitization positive reinforcement all of that stuff can be another step to help your dog just feel a bit happier in the world and I don't want to say cure because it's not an illness. Dogs are allowed to feel the way they feel. And it is, I think the more we can kind of go, well, it's normal. Dogs are allowed to 
fucking not want to be around other dogs and blah, blah. the problem i have when i'm out with my guys is if we have them all out people see a group of four dogs they yeah. must be friendly no they live together you wouldn't go into a pub and go up to a table with a group of people and just sit down and go all right <laughs> no you'd look like a complete fucking weirdo wouldn't you like you might maybe go over if it's sort of a like a conferency situation or kind of somewhere and be like oh do you mind if I join you but if you just walked into a random village pub and just went and sat at the locals table they'd all be like why is it okay for someone's dog to bowl into the middle of the locals table I know. It, it just, I just, I just find it unbelievable sometimes with people. You just, you know, what can happen to your dog? You know, it's just there's so many things that can happen. You, your dog could see a cat and run off and get run over. Someone could steal it. You could have a fight. It's just all sorts of things. Squirrels, squirrels happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We had a pheasant the other week. That was fun. Those things are fucking stupid. <laughs> like, just honestly, it, it does baffle me. But going back to like the placid and stuff, um, I Dodge has placid every single day and we are keeping him on it. I tried him for, I think I was going to do a two week break of it and I lasted a week before I was like, no, he still needs the herbs. Um, and there were times like, so if I'm competing he has a scoop in the evening he has a big scoop in the morning if he's had a day where it's gone wrong for whatever reason we call those big scoop days where he gets a big old scoop of his herbs in the yeah. evening and it's fine um things like pet remedy can help things like um the collars what like adaptive collars can help but they're not a magic wand. People are like, oh, well, have you tried this? And you're like, that doesn't work for my dog. And for some dogs, they can make a really big difference. And again, speak to your vet or your trainer and they may be able to help you. But I think being able to support these dogs through their diet, as well as through everything else, is another way of kind of helping them and making sure that, you know, you can get herbal blends that help. Or you, if need be, go to your vet and speak about medication. Because this is the other big taboo, and this is with people and dogs. Getting medication for mental health or for issues. Dodge does not go to the vet unless he's had trazodone. Because it keeps everyone safe. Hmm. He acts a bit stoned. The vet can do what he needs to do. Last visit, he didn't even grumble at the vet. He went in, he took some treats. He was a bit spaced out for the rest of the day and had a sleep. But that's what we needed to do in order yeah. for him to be able to cope at the vets properly. It must be really hard, like with Bella being suspicious of people touching her, because obviously the vet needs to touch her. This is what is weird with my dog. She will go to the vets and she will be examined because it's almost like she knows that that has to be done. And But I do muzzle her. Um, if I'm not going to be around, if they take her off to do a blood test, but they always come back and say, she was lovely. And if I go to, she has to go to have a heady doo doo, as I call it, every eight weeks, because <laughs> I like to keep her short because she's into yeah. everything. Um, yeah. 
and yeah, the lady will come and kiss her on the nose. And I'm like this when I first, I mean, she's been going there eight years now. She'll go off there and be, and they also have groggy daycare. Also, I think that's maybe to do with the association that the vets qualified, groomers qualified. They're qualified. They're all right. It's the rest of them. Yeah. So she's got places where she, there and there. Yeah, I have to do that. But um, yeah, otherwise, no. But then this is where, and I know exactly what Joe blogs in old freaking Tom Dudley Fred down the part that knows everything. Well, if the vet can touch it and the groom can touch it, why can't I touch it? <laughs> yeah. I used to, I used to um, occasionally, and I really feel bad for it, go, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, and then I they don't go, blame you. oh God, blimey. But I don't do that anymore. No, because, but this, this is the thing, isn't it? We advocate for our dogs as much as we can, but occasionally if the dog goes, no, but this is where the difference between learning a shepherd and a cocker. Yeah. No one wants to touch Dodge once he's once I've told them no. It's interesting that, isn't it? Yeah. I've had a few people kind of do the kissy back of the hand thing towards him. And I'm like, please just ignore him. Yeah. Because otherwise he will lunge at you. Yeah. And generally he will growl first. And that's kind of enough. Mm-hmm. I think with the little dogs, the growl is ignored so yeah. often or worse still it's punished which fucks me off because it's just communication yeah but this is when dogs end up then going up that ladder of aggression because they're not being listened to mm. how can we educate people to listen more i mean obviously podcasts and you know pooping stickers and car stickers and wearing cool clothes and all the rest of it but how can we keep just trying to get the message out there and just stop people being dicks to dogs? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a slogan right there. Don't yeah. be a dick to dogs. Boom. End of story. Uh, the way I do it is obviously with my stuff. I also talk to our local dog trainers and behaviorists and and also when I go out and meet people as well, um, sometimes Bella is, she does, if you, dogs and people are really, really close, she doesn't like it. But I can have, depending on the dog, she doesn't really doesn't like huskies, but I can probably stand two meters away from someone and have a conversation with them. That's if, amazing. And social distancing. You're doing yeah. the social distancing. Yeah. I love COVID times. <laughs> Mate, I t- I've got a T-shirt that says dog training social distancing before it was cool. Because yeah. we were. Because there was a six-foot rule for everyone before yeah. COVID. And then COVID happened. Then the whole world had a six-foot rule. How it can do that. And everyone's now forgotten about it again. Yeah. But, um... So, yeah, yeah, sorry, so gonna... you're still... But if you're kind of... And this is dog dependent, isn't it? Because I'm assuming if it's if it's a dog that she's not comfortable around for whatever reason, not hating on the huskies, but their body language, the way a husky stands for some dogs can be very intimidating. Their tail carriage is high, their ears are high, they're very upright. Hmm. Also, they are a bit starey. Yeah, I don't know if it's something about their eyes as well. Maybe, yeah, maybe the colour of the eyes, they're even mismatched or blue eyes with a lot of them. That may be 
part of it. It could just be that maybe they haven't been socialized as much and aren't particularly polite. It could just be that mm. the dogs you've met have been rude. Yeah, I don't know. With Bella, I have absolutely not. There's no rhyme or reason. But if I can, if I'm quite, if I can see someone coming, you generally know people that have no idea about yellow. Mm-hmm. You can just see it. You, it, you know, they're smiling at you and, you know, you can just tell. I'll try and explain to them as we're passing. Mm-hmm. I just say she's not good with dogs. And then as we go by, I can sort of turn around. Bella likes to still sniff. She, she won't go up to them and sniff or she'll try and have a sneaky sniff. But then I just try and explain to them, you know, if you see a dog in yellow and they need space for lots of different reasons. But yeah. So let's talk about the read because obviously anxiousness or being fear aggressive, that's kind of the, the main sort of reason most people think of why dogs need yellow. Now, it could be that it's a bitch in season. Now, I personally, when my bitches were in season, didn't tend to walk them in public places because, you know, um, but unfortunately, some people do. They feel that their dog needs to go out in the world and potentially end up with a male dog attached to it. It could happen to people. Um, So it could be that the dog's in season, which is not the best reason, but it's a reason. Um, It could be that the dog's in pain. So this is one of the other reasons Dodge is a yellow dog because he has hip dysplasia. I don't need random off-lead dogs bumping into him because I know that if he gets bumped in the wrong place, he's going to tell that dog to fuck off in no uncertain terms because guess what? It's probably just hurt him. Mm. So again, I'm mindful of the dogs he plays with, of the style of dog he plays with. You know, a friend of ours recently was like, oh, yeah, we should get them together. And I was like, oh, she's quite buffy. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know if that's going to be the best play date because I don't think he needs a dog that's going to run into him Mm. because he's likely to tell it to go away because it's not particularly polite. People don't seem to understand that pain is a reason for dogs to not want other dogs to come near them. Yeah. Pain is horrendous as well. I know, I, yeah, I know very well about pain because obviously my husband suffers with chronic pain at the moment still, three years later. And yeah, it's horrendous. So for dogs, and dogs don't show pain until they're at a level six. Yeah. So yeah. they're in high, before they're showing pain, they're in high, high levels, you know, it only goes up to 10. Yep. And especially then if you've got maybe um, a terrier or a bull breed, it could even be that the pain is seven, eight before they're showing you that there's anything wrong. Mm. So a dog running over and bumping into them, of course they're going to react because they're sore. They're not feeling great. You know, it could be that they're recovering from an illness. You know, one of the ones I tend to use if people are coming towards me and they're really not understanding, I just go, they're contagious. Yeah. I don't like telling people although I have told them before that they've got idiotitis or they're allergic to idiots <laughs> that one works quite well because yeah. um, you see people go oh and then as they walk off it obviously then sinks yeah. into their brain that you were just actually really rude but really politely um, other reasons so um, we've said obviously pain 
if the dog has had a trauma or has had a bad experience and therefore doesn't like other dogs, it could be that they are hormonal. What are some of the other reasons that you've heard of from people that are joining the Yellow Army of why their dog needs to be in yellow? Deaf and blind. <clears throat> oh, of course. Yeah, because if your dog can't see or hear another dog coming, that might startle them and upset them a bit. Yeah, that yeah. would make sense. That's another thing. Um, uh, generally, generally, I think that's probably it. Deaf, the blind, the fearfulness, the pain, surgery. Yeah, post-op is another one. Even if it's just, if your dog's just been spayed or neutered, it could just be a routine operation, but they still need that recovery time. They shouldn't be running around. They will need a bit of space and room. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So you get that as well. So you almost wish that the vets would kind of send post-op dogs home with a yellow ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. That might be a conversation to have with the vets. There we go. Hmm. I'm seeing my vet in a couple of weeks. So I'll be like, Francesco, have you thought of? And he'll probably go, oh God, now what's she coming out with? Um, <laughs> but I think the other thing that's interesting for me as well, um, kind of going back with the muzzles, one of Dodge's muzzles um, is black with yellow padding on the inside of it. The other one is very brightly colored. It's orange and teal and you can't miss it. it like you can see it a mile off. I tend to use that one if I'm kind of on a showground, if we need to walk through a busy area because people see it more. But actually, I found in public, people give him a lot more space when he's got the big black metal muzzle on with the yellow on it than they do when he's in his funky cool one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our message is getting out there. Maybe, but I like, I did like the fact, and it wasn't intentional. Like, I deliberately ordered him the multicolored one because I wanted people to make it visual, um, like to see the visual and it was kind of in teen colors. So I was like, well, if we're going to be wearing it at shows, we need to be coordinated. So, yes. you know, but I think having that band of yellow, that yellow and black instantly, our brain goes warning. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Yellow is the official warning precaution. For everything. It's yeah. why animals have yellow on them. It's why bloody wasps are black and yellow. Yeah. Because caution, they're bastard things that are going to sting you. Yeah. Your harnesses and stuff. Let's talk a bit about the products you've got. Um, I really like the harnesses because they have kind of anxious written around them. So the thing that I've, I feedback I've had from people, and I wonder if you've had the same, when they've had something on their dog, like a tabard, I used to put a tabard on Munch that said in training, and people would come over and be like, is she going to be a guide dog? I was like, no, no, I just want you to leave her line right now. Um, so I that would be impolite. Yeah. No, but the people put the in training on their, their dogs because they don't, they don't want to quite say, keep away. And that's what I was trying. What that's what I'm trying to move away from with the Yellow Army. It's cool to be in the. I've actually had one person in in a group say, oh, "The things that you're doing, I love it. I love it, and the products. I actually wish I was in the Yellow Army." And I was like, "No, you don't want to be." No, <laughs> no, never wish. Yeah. You can support us, and we appreciate you. Yeah. You don't want to be an official team member, okay? Yeah, because it's fucking it. stressful. But so to me, in training is something different to my dog needs space or to keep away from my dog. Yes. 
And I found a lot of people will find it very hard to step into the world of yellow with the basically keep away. And asking me as well with um, different wording because they were just a little bit uncomfortable with it all. And I said, just listen to your dog. What is your dog saying? Go with what your dog said. Don't worry about what everybody else thinks. And, you know, you're, you're, you're looking after your dog, not other person's feelings. So, um, and that's why I've made it quite, quite simple with the yellow and the portion, just as it is, just, yeah. but making the products good. Yes, 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 yes. Because I mean, I'm, for me personally, like obviously he doesn't wear harnesses and stuff because he can't compete in them at competition. When we're road walking and stuff, I've got all sort of fancy things and I'm not going to lie, yellow messes with my colour scheme, but <laughs> there will always be something yellow on him and it's generally a lead slip. Most of the ones I have just say we need space. Yeah. Because I found that's kind of, because we do, like if, if people give us a bit of room, he's generally away. It's when people kind of come near us. When I had it, and maybe it was because Munches said like in training rather than Winnie's space, but you would have people approaching going, oh, what does that say? And you'd be like, of course. Mm. <laughs> Why are people so fecking nosy? I know. I know. People, people don't always get the message. So I've got the polite ones that just say anxious. I've got ones that say keep dogs away. And then I got keep away. <laughs> yeah. So trying to make the message more easily understood, I think, is important as well for people that don't know. Yeah. Because like a yellow ribbon is no good to no one. You know, it's just it's a tiny little thing. Unless you're going to have a great big, and then on a pretty dog or a little dog, it just makes them look even cuter. It just it just didn't work. The ribbon. The idea was good because it came from. The horse world I was never in I never had horses or roads. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you used to put a red ribbon on their ass if they were going to kick you and a green ribbon in their ass if they were young and likely to kill you so yeah that makes That's sense where it's come from yeah. yeah so the yellow ribbon came from that idea and has stemmed to make it Again, I think, and actually that's really interesting because if you were um if you were at a show and you saw a horse with generally in the horse world I would see the green or red ribbons it was kind of because I think if the horse was a bit iffy you'd stick a red ribbon on it anyway but everybody knew that if you saw a green ribbon or a red ribbon to just give that horse a bit more space it's basically mm. the same thing why don't dog people know this? <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> this is why we're doing this episode. We are trying to get the good information out. So if people kind of want to want to help out, want to if you're not if you're not an official member of the Yellow Army, congratulations. <laughs> if you want to help us that are in the Yellow Army, if you want to help us people that it I know I've said this a few times, but it really is fucking hard. It and is mentally really, hard. And it's exhausting. Mm. And it's, there are days where I'm going to sound so dramatic, but it is soul destroying. Mm. Especially, I think, with me as well, being a trainer, being a competitor, all the rest of it. 
I think I take it a lot more personally. And I'm like, I'm fucking qualified. I should be able to deal with this, blah, blah, blah. But you could have all the fucking qualifications. You could have written all the doctorate. You could have a master's degree. But that doesn't change how your dog is feeling. Yeah, feelings. That doesn't change the emotions of it. And yes, you know, I have all the toolkit that can deal with this. And touch wood, we're kind of getting around a corner in it because I think a lot of his is to do with his pain, also his hormones, also his breeding. You know, there's lots of things that go into the cooking pot with him. But even now, like, we competed Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're now on Tuesday. He hasn't left the house. We didn't go out yesterday and we're not going out today because he needs two days, not only just to recuperate physically, but also mentally. Mm, The process, what we've done, but also just to go, because he also had a play date in that week. So we've done the competition and we made a new friend and there's new people and a new environment. All the stuff that he's coped with this weekend, we now need a few days to just decompress. And do you know what? So do I. Yeah. Because you're up there as well as him being up there. You know, your bucket's going up with his bucket. Bucket, buckets? <laughs> buckets. It's like a freaking trough out here. <laughs> bucket doesn't cut it anymore. We have like troughs of emotion. But that is how it feels sometimes, isn't it? I quite often um I use that whole spoon analogy of you have so many spoons. And I I'm very fortunate that um friend and client that I teach on a Monday, sometimes I can I know I can message her on a Monday morning and go, can we do later or another day? Because I've run out of spoons. And she's mm-hmm. like, Yep, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Because our dogs do the same thing. And I think being part of the Yellow Army, do you know what? I used to be, I, I was a bit like, oh, fuck, now I've got this dramatic shepherd. And it does help having the breed I have because they're kind of known for the dramaticness. But I did used to be a little bit embarrassed by it. And now, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm proud mm-hmm. because I'm doing what's best for my dog. Mm-hmm. But we need to make other people be able to feel proud that yeah. they are doing what is best for their dog yeah absolutely yeah you know you don't have to be proud that your dog's anxious no one wants to no one deliberately goes out and goes i'm going to buy an anxious dog that sounds <laughs> no, fun right. no if you do you're a twat don't do it it's not a thing yeah. okay you don't want like if you go to meet a litter and one of the we're told aren't we don't go for the really spooky really shy puppy because they're likely to grow up to be a very spooky very shy adult hmm. But people haven't been thinking like that. People have just been purchasing because they needed a dog imminently, immediately, because we're stuck in a house for however many months we were stuck in. Mm. I think since the pandemic, we're more aware of space and anxiety. I know a lot of people have felt socially anxious since lockdown. Yeah. And that's exactly how the dog feels. But another thing that you can do as well is um, to help is I have posters that I give to my vets to put in their waiting rooms. So the amount of people that go into the vets and sit there that can read about what their dog in yellow means. And can we get them on the website and print them out and take them to our vet and go, can you put this up, please? Yeah, 
Yep, you and can we'll do that them. next week when I go on my visit. I'll be like, guys, when I come in to pay, could you put this up? Because we just have to go in, do the thing, leave again, put Dodge in the van, so, and then I speak to everyone. That's the way we do things. So, yeah, yeah so, I'll be sure to take a postcard. But that is a really good way of raising awareness. You know, if and if any of you have businesses and you have waiting areas, put the poster up in that waiting area. Mm. Any waiting area, it doesn't have to be dog related. It could be anywhere because sometimes the people that, especially if dogs are anxious around people, some of the people that love dogs, but maybe don't have their own dog are the worst people because they have no idea of the body language. They have no concept of body language and they just approach a dog and assume that it will be all right. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe if you've got local shops ask them if they could put a post up that's a really good way of spreading the news as well isn't it yeah so we we call them our yellow space awareness packs and we so, can get them on the website yep amazing new car stickers post different kinds of posters we do a poster based around um children as well so it explains it sort of for a for a child because a because 77% of dog bites happen with dogs that live or are around the children a lot, not strange dogs. Um, yeah, and of, in the UK recently, we've had, um, unfortunately, a series of very, very serious dog and children bite situations that has unfortunately resulted in, in death, um, which is horrific. But again, this is where we need to be educating people on how to how to interact with dogs it's like it's almost like it's a skill that's been forgotten mm. yeah, so it's people just go and get a dog and expect it to live in their house and not do a lot with it and that's not the reality is it it's mm. there's a lot more with it so what is the um website that would be the word website would be the word i was looking for <laughs> my god worst podcaster in the world sort your words out um right so where can people kind of find out more if you are in the army come and join a bit more if you're not in the army but have full sympathy for us please help <laughs> my website's myanxiousdog.co.uk i've got a facebook page my anxious dog i've got a group called anxious dogs uk Cole. as well so and then i'm on instagram i have done a couple of tiktok ones <laughs> oh you've gone into the realms of the tiktok with them young'uns oh dear which is obviously just a bella but obviously out in her yellow and hashtagging dogs in yellow and things like that mm -hmm. um so there's a, a few i think i've done like four or five so any of you that are down with the kids and do the TikTok, <laughs> if you can use that hashtag though, so remind everyone of the hashtag again. Hashtag dogs in yellow. Okay, so guys, even if your dog doesn't wear yellow, adding that hashtag to your social media brings more hits to it. It brings more awareness. So that's another way to help spread the good word and explain to people that not all dogs want to say hi and some dogs do need space for all the reasons we have mentioned. Mm. Yeah, absolutely.
Cool. So, Sarah, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Is there anywhere else you'd like to send people to look at? I'm assuming the Facebook group people can join and kind of get information, get a bit of moral support. Yeah, so the, I've got Anxious Dogs UK is a general group that talks about all sorts of things, medication, people go there to rant. <laughs> Where can I go for a dog friendly holiday? That with my anxious dog, that type of thing. Cool. I've got a new group that's just started called the Yellow Army, which is where we try and talk about how we raise awareness, how to raise awareness, ideas. So I'm always showing pictures of my poo bin stickers or my wheelie bin's gone out this morning with my sticker on. Or... Ah, that's another good idea, yeah. Because people walk past... Are you allowed to put stickers on lampposts or are you not meant to do that? Um, you're not <laughs> meant to... And okay, there we go. Public service announcement. Officially, <laughs> you're not meant to put stickers on lampposts. But I have, so poo bins in parks and places like that are all run by your parish local council, not your main council. Ah, okay. And every council round here that I've um, approached about the poo bin stickers, every single one of them have said yes. Some of them have taken the stickers and done it themselves as well. So they've even Ooh, put them on there. Saved you a job. That was nice of oh, them. Saved you a job. So that's the other thing, guys. You know, if because round here where I live, um, that there's nothing, there's no awareness, anything. So contact it, like speaking to local MP, but speaking to your local council as well. Is it possible to put these posts up? Generally, like as well, some places like have little notice boards, little village notice boards, stuff like that. Ask yeah. whoever runs the notice board if you can put a poster up because that's another way of raising awareness and helping but trainers that are listening guys we are at the forefront of educating owners and please 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 make sure whether it's life skills classes if it's a sports class if it's a puppy class please make your clients aware of what yellow means because if we don't tell them no one else will so. We need to keep spreading the word, you know, but but as dog trainers, we are we are there. We are on the front line of educating people. So we need to make sure we're giving them all the information, including what a yellow dog means. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So, Sarah, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Um, I only got my soapbox like twice, so I think I did quite well, really. Quite good. Um, <laughs> I only had a mini soapbox. I knew I was going to this episode. I knew it was it was inevitable that that was going to happen. So um, I will be joining you over in the Yellow Army. And I'm obviously happy to give advice to people and give moral support and let people know that it is okay if your dog's not okay because I've experienced it and I've lived it and it's, it's not the easiest path. So it's nice to know that some people are on similar paths as you. So until next time, guys, stay safe. Be kind, wash your hands thoroughly, keep your dogs on lead around livestock and don't let them lick toads. Oh, and remember, you can buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com forward slash hoopers. Take care, guys. Bye. www.caninehooperswild.com Canine Hoopers World now has achievement awards online so anyone, anywhere can test their teamwork and get one of our beautiful rosettes there's even one for puppies the website will tell you more about that and hoopers 
how to find an instructor. We also offer online training. There are beginners courses, we offer online training in distance handling, and there are instructor courses for dog trainers. Join us on Facebook. We have a friendly international group and follow us on Instagram at Canine Hoopers World. Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited. <laughs>